got to go quickly. It's a draw. It's a draw. And then she gets it back. Oh, you kidding me? And the Sunshine Coast Lightning have achieved the unthinkable. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the post-grand final edition of the Inner Circle podcast. Sherelle McMahon and Bianca Chatfield with you. B, you're still up in Queensland. What's it all been like? I mean, we finally have our champions, our premiers crowned after what has been a pretty ridiculous season in some ways. Oh, totally. And you're right. It's It was obviously a massive, massive day here on Sunday. And I think now we can both put our Vixens hats on and talk about, you know, how proud we are of the girls that they were able to do that. I mean, Sherelle, I was... Because I, I was busy during the actual game, I didn't get to kind of watch it all and enjoy it all for what it was because we're, you know, going from got to do this next and got to do this next. But in that last minute, I was standing down the other end of the court to where the cameras were because I knew I had to go on and grab one of the players. And at this stage, we still didn't know if it was going to be a Vixens player or a FIBA player that we were, we were needing to grab to interview. And I had some ladies behind me and I'm bawling my eyes out because the Vixens are like, obviously they got one ahead and then they got the rebound. I was going, oh my God, oh my God. And, and the ladies are laughing at me on the sideline. And it just, I just was so overwhelmed with emotion. I can imagine you would have been exactly the same sitting on the couch at home watching it. I was exactly the same. I was nearly vomiting actually for the whole game. Like I felt physically ill the whole game. Um, but I, like, because it, it was such an amazing game, as you said, like in that final minute, the rebound that Emily and Joe took uh, was absolutely incredible. And the ability to kind of keep your heads in the game and make the most of those really very few opportunities that they got, both teams, the, the turnovers were so low in a game like that, that was so tight and so pressure filled. Like it was really an impressive performance. Um, and the reality is we didn't know who the winner was going to be. Even when the Vixens took that final centre pass with seven seconds still on the clock, I mean, with the, their ability to score quickly, if there was a quick intercept, they could have piffed that ball down and then scored that two-point shot. So it literally came down to the final couple of seconds. Uh, and I was an absolute mess at the end. I was bawling my eyes out as well, B. It was, it was just really emotional. Yeah, it was. And we always talk up grand finals. We always hope that they're going to be a great match. They don't often end up like that, no. but you often win that last quarter and it's clear who's going to win it. Um, but I just, I mean, FIBA were brilliant. Like they played such a great game. They, they went out there and you could tell it was the first time I think all season that a goal defense and it started off obviously with Stacey Francis, then Sunday Arion came on, but it, I think it was the first time where someone has actually tried to take it to Caitlin Thwaites for the whole four quarters and actually play a one-on-one -on -one game on her and make her work really hard. And then obviously she came off and Tegan Phillip came on and, and Vixens were lucky they had that versatility. But yeah, to me, I thought their game plan was pretty spot on to try and beat the Vixens. Um, but it just worked out that Vixens can hold on right at the very end, uh, that little bit longer. Yeah, it's true. And the fever were... They, they had a seriously impressive season after starting the way they did. They, you know, kind of faltered a little bit in those first couple of games. And then it was almost like, and I know we spoke um, to Jess Ansis about this last week, about there was those couple of turning points that kind of felt like it really galvanised that team. And they had so much to play for 
obviously all the teams are up there putting their life on hold. Uh, Stacey Marinkovic with her new baby um, and uh, obviously Ingrid Collier doing her knee and there, there's just so many different stories within that group that it would have been a great outcome for them and they gave it such an amazing push. Um, you know, many people were just uh, tipping the Vixens to win only by a couple of goals, most of the tipsters. Um, and they were right. Um, but most of them had it going the Vixens way. But gee, it could have gone Fever's way because you're right. They, they had that game plan. They had that confidence to continue to deliver that ball into Janiel, which is not an easy thing to do when you're getting a little bit tight and nervous. And they, they played that out really well. Okay, so I don't know if you can reveal it to everybody now, but like, what was your game plan going into the game? What were the Vixens? Like, you've done all the opposition analysis. What was the, I guess, the standout for you that the, obviously we know Fowler. I mean, about, <laughs> about Fowler all the time. There is a lot of other great players in that fever lineup. Like, what was it that you knew Vixens had to do to try and overcome them? Well, yes, you're right about the Fowler thing, but for, for us it was... Um, what we were going to do as the ball was coming down court to halt their momentum because, you know, they always talk about the Fever brand um, and the Fever brand is that quick style of play. They like to move the ball quickly. They like to be able to penetrate. And although you might think that they like to deliver from a long way off the circle, they will do that and they've got the confidence to do that. But they largely like to work the ball to the circle edge so they're in that good feeding position. Uh, and they do that with quick ball movement. And, you know, you see Verity Charles taking those front cuts and drives. So rather than it being about um, Janelle necessarily, it was about trying to disrupt their ability to move that ball quickly. That was a big part of it. Um, and obviously you add Alice Teague Neild into that. And, you know, the approach that Joe West, I thought Joe Weston had a fantastic game. She was the fan MVP. Um, and so her role in changing up the way they were defending Alice, so putting her under pressure sometimes, but sometimes dropping back, I think that from a defensive point of view um, was the real key. Uh, and, you know, I think for us, just in, in attack, it was about playing the style of game, you know, the Vixens brand. I mean, not that we talk about that too much, but, um, you know, that ability to work the ball, but also have variation when it was shut down. And I think that that was something that I was most proud of with the attack end right across the season is that they had the variation. So if, if there was a defensive line that was running a, a certain setup or blocking something up, that they had some something else to go to. So I think that that was great. And, you know, yeah. early on have the confidence to put the ball into MJ. Um, and, you know, not, not hesitate on that. And, you know, with her being the official MVP of that game, I think that they did that beautifully and found her very well. And she was up and about yelling. It's always good when MJ's like that. And she was outstanding in that game. She was outstanding. The thing that I loved is that I reckon if it had been any other shooter, so if it had been Courtney Bruce, say, on Thwaites or Tegan Phillips, um, we know Courtney Bruce can get, she, you know, she loves being in the shooter's face. She loves being intimidating. And there were a few times where she'd turn around and she'd look at MJ and MJ would just kind of look at her and go, oh, whatever, like not even paying attention to her. But if it was a, a Tegan Phillips and Kate Boyd, I think they could have got involved in that game with, with Courtney Bruce, but it was almost a bit of a genius move to have Kinwenda back on her because um, it just didn't phase her at all. All she's there, she's like, I'm happy to just get the ball. Just throw it to me. I'll go get the ball. I don't worry about all these antics that go on behind the scenes. Yeah, and I, I mean, honestly, I, 
intimidation, I know it's a rule, but it's also a big part of being a defender mm. is that being able to get in the mind of the shooting and the attacking. So I don't, I don't begrudge Courtney Bruce for doing it at, at all because I feel like that is a huge part of how she needs to play the game too. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's what, what she does. It's, a, it's that presence. When you can have a presence as a defender um, and you're taking the goaler or the attacker's mind away from what they want to do, then your job's half done, isn't it? So certainly that is what a defender like Courtney Bruce can do. But, you know, some of the, I think there's a few memes too of MJ and the, the looks that she was sending in different directions. So it was very funny. Um, and, you know, we spoke about the fever and what, what it meant to, to them, but there's quite a few stories running through the Vixens too in terms of, um, you know, great a great way for that game to play out with Caitlin Thwaites, of course, Tegan Phillip announcing their retirement and what a great way for them to finish their careers. The other one for me, that the big one is Kate Eddy. Like there's, there's photos of Kate Eddy with her foot still strapped with ankle strapping from the game and her other foot's back in the moon boot already. So she hasn't even had time to unstrap and her foot is back in the moon boot already to be able to get up and play the role that she did and take that intercept, oh my goodness, was ama like amazing. That, that story for me is one of really true grit and determination. And, uh, you know, she had the moon boot on at the after party. She had it on the next day at the Sherrod McMahon medal. Um, it was funny because being up here, you'd hear, you'd hear the Vixens girls go, oh, we're not sure if she's going to get up. We're not sure if she's going to play. We're not sure. We're going to give her every chance, but we're not sure. And I would see her walking around in her moon boot, in crutch, on crutches. You just thought it was going to be impossible. But you could also see just that, I guess, the mental toll that it was taking on, on Kate Eddy, in particular, missing out last year, yeah. going, here I am in another grand final. I've She's been such a huge influence on the defence end of the Vixens and provided Joe West and Emily Manning so much cover to be able to come out and take intercepts that, yeah, it would have been really heartbreaking for her not to get up. And I guess knowing inside the team, Sherelle, like you would, you also, it's a grand final, you get one shot at this, you can't risk her if she's not right and she's not ready to be able to play a role because you had to name a team of 12 and you have to make sure that team can cover all different positions. So... I just think it was a huge effort for her to mentally get out there on court and perform the way she did, even though she had the, probably the most exhausting three weeks of her netball career getting ready for this moment. So great by her. And I also think it was a real standout performance by Jo Weston. Um, you know, she, I tried to approach her. So straight after the game, she was one of the people I tried to grab for an interview. And she looked at me and she's like, I can't talk, B. And I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, this is so exciting. She's like, I'm just trying to take it all in. And there's a really great shot where she's got her hand, her head in her hands and Tegan Phillip is next to her. And she goes, I have never been a winner. The last couple of years, and if you think back into Joe Weston's netball career, the last major two events that she's played in with all the pressure on her were for the Diamonds. Com Games, World Champs, they've walked away second both times. And so in her head, she goes, I didn't believe I could actually do this. I didn't believe that I could actually be a winner. And she turned to Simone McInnes and she said, is this real? Like, have we actually done this? And I just thought we probably underestimate again that mental toll that it takes on athletes when they haven't been part of winning sides and they haven't understood what it's like to actually have that winning feeling that she was just in absolute shock 
Um, but to her credit, I mean, she played a ripping game and she was a real, I think, pivotal player in making sure Alice Teague Neal couldn't run free, but also making sure Em Maddox had enough cover with Fowler as well. Yeah, it's true. And, and you know, there's been quite a bit of talk about the Vixens and their... Um, their record in finals over the previous couple of years too. And, you know, that that probably, you know, maybe that was playing on, on Joe's mind and maybe that was playing on some of their minds more than perhaps we we realised. And they were trying to put that aside and just play the game in front of them. And, and that is what they did in the end. Um, but it was yeah, certainly a monkey off the back, that's for sure. Um, and, yeah, just, just an incredible way to finish, like, I mean, you're talking to some of the girls after the game and you drill that, those scenarios, you drill if we've got, we've got 10 seconds to go and we're one goal down, we're 10 seconds to go, we're even 10 seconds to, or a minute to go and these are the different scenarios. So you drill that and drill that and drill that. And, you know, I've heard the girls say they weren't necessarily trying to play the clock down. It was just some really good defensive pressure from the fever making it difficult to go forward. But even in that moment, when it was difficult to do what they wanted to do and be able to keep possession of that ball and not turn it over under such intense pressure, uh, both from a game sense but also from uh, the fever sense, I mean, that, that part of it for me was just particularly impressive too. It must have been amazing to watch that live. Oh, yeah, it definitely was. And I remember that from when I was playing and Simone was my coach. She's had always been very big on playing out the last minute, whether it's at the quarter of a game, she's been very big at training that in that sometimes you would play a 20 minute kind of full, intense, relentless um, half court against each other. And she would keep resetting it and go, this is the last minute of the game. This is what you've got to do. And you just have, and you were exhausted at training. Sometimes it was like the day or two days before a game, you are trying to be fresh to get up for a game but she was just adamant that that had to be something that she trained all the time. And so no doubt, like, as you said, the girls have done all of that. And they, when they got into that last 30 seconds, it just becomes second nature to them, how they play it rather than worrying about what's about to happen next. Um, and I know there was some plans. Both teams spoke about plans for extra time to go into extra time. I thought it was going to go into extra time. I was like, oh, here we go. Um, but I, in a way, it was kind of good that it finished the way it did because you can see the mid-quarters. They all been mid-quarters from both teams could not run anymore. <laughs> like, like they all had concrete boots on. They were just absolutely awesome. Um, But again, practicing that extra time and knowing the super shot was in play, both teams had a plan of what they were going to do if they'd gone into that. So... Yeah, so much prep goes on behind the scenes that probably your average netball fan doesn't realise. No, that's right, that's right. And talking to Liz Watson, you, you talk about those concrete boots. She said in that final centre pass when there were seven seconds to go, she just she was like, I couldn't move. I just stood there and was shaking my head at, at Kate Maloney who's standing there with the ball in her hands trying to take that final centre pass. And she was like, I've got nothing. So um, they were, I think they were all out on their feet. But hey, B, I reckon we should, let's jump in and, and have a chat to what, uh, the Melbourne Vixens uh, team because I want to get some insight as to how they're feeling, how the last couple of days of celebrations have been going on. Um, and the person I really wanted to talk to is Emily Mannix. What a huge role she had against Janelle Fowler, the MVP of the league, the most prolific goal shooter by that far. It's not even funny. And just get some insights into how the grand final played out for her. Um, well, I'm, you know what, Sherelle, I've spoken to Emily too much over the last few days. 
been hanging around her or been listening to her bang on about how good she is. No, I'm joking. But I think I'm going to leave it to the two of you. Hopefully she'll take it a bit more seriously if I'm not in the room. So I'm going to leave it to the two of you. I'll listen in and I'll come back at the end. Okay, okay. Well, I'll let you off the hook, B. I'll let you off the hook. And I am going to catch up with Melbourne Vixens vice-captain and premiership player, Emily Mannix, just after this. As I mentioned just before the break, very, very lucky to be catching up with one of the superstars of the Melbourne Vixens heading into their camp to see what the celebrations have been like, how everything's been going in the last couple of days. It's the Vice-Captain of the Melbourne Vixens, Emily Mannix. Hey, Emily. Hey, Shaz. How are you? Oh, no. um, great. How are you going? <laughs> I am good. Um, don't be fooled by the voice. I am feeling good. Um, we went to Movie World yesterday, so I'm going to say that all my screaming on the rides has led me um, to this point now of no voice. <laughs> oh, right. Definitely the screaming. I'm sure it was nothing yep, to do with the was. celebrations. Well, tell us <laughs> what the celebrations have been like, Em, because it's a couple of days now uh, after the grand final. Are you still on a high or are you starting to come down? What, what's the feeling like at the moment? Um, yeah, I think it's sort of hitting me now that we actually won. Um, but the celebrations were definitely really good after. I think just the relief um, after the game and then being able to celebrate all together with the staff that, you know, were up here. And, um, yeah, we had a really good night, but we were all pretty exhausted by the end. Um, obviously, a really big day. Um, I mean, I think I ate breakfast at 8. Um, obviously, the, the 12 o'clock game. Um, and then so didn't have lunch and then it was quite late before we ate again. So um, I think I was just starving as well is another thing. But, um, yeah, the celebrations are really good. And then obviously having the Shirelle McMahon medal um, the following night up here. Um, and obviously you made an appearance on Zoom. Um, but, yeah, that was another uh, really good thing and celebrating together um, up here as well. So I'm, I'm hearing that there was uh, not enough food in the stomach. I feel like that's a bit of an excuse for maybe what happened at the end of the night. <laughs> I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I wasn't there, so I can't make any, I mean, I can't I'm make say, I was the last one standing yet again. Um, oh, I'm sick ah. of holding up the... Um, the Ford on that ground, but um, nah, there was some, some good performances, um, obviously on the court during the game, but then after the game as well. <laughs> well, let's get to the actual grand final, shall we, Emily, because it was an incredible match. I've got to say, being home here in Melbourne and having to watch from the couch was, I, I think I was just nearly vomiting the whole time, to be completely honest. It was very stressful watching. Um, but it was it was so tight. And I, I'm wrapped that I'm able to speak to you because, um, you know, I know it's a full-court defensive pressure that helps, um, obviously, against a team that has a player like Janelle Fowler in it. But at the end of the day, you know, you're the one marking her. What's the mindset going in for you individually for, for that contest? Yeah, obviously, Janelle has proven to be one of the, the best players in the league. And that was announced before the game that she won Player of the Year. Um, so that was good for the confidence going into that game. Um, but look, for me, um, personally, I didn't really prepare any differently. Obviously, she's a fantastic player for them, but... You know, I didn't change anything in the, in my lead up in in preparation. You know, from 
the um, video analysis wise or you know that sort of thing it was looking at it um as if it was any other goal shooter really so and i think that helps you just stay in it and not get too ahead of yourself um and just really yeah focus and stay in the moment so um pretty much the usual lead-in um for me personally and Obviously, as a unit, we looked at different things. Um, Simone invented a new move um, called the pocket whammy, um, which I don't think actually got a run, but we did have some of training. Um, and I think I might have tried it in the game, but I didn't get the ball. So uh, that might be scrapped uh, for next time. <laughs> right. Oh, I wasn't aware of this new move. I'm very no. much forward to seeing yes. that in action. Yeah, that's, that's good. Good insight. I like yeah, it. We'll um, see. And the game... I mean, it was just so incredibly tight the whole way through. Can you talk us through, let, let's go to half time. Tell us what it was like in the change room, what the feeling was like amongst the group. Obviously, Fever had shot and Janelle Fowler shot that two-point shot um, at the end of the second quarter. So what were, what were you talking about? What things were you focusing on at half time? Yeah, I think in the lead up um, to that half time point, you know, the minute or two before was sort of fevers. But obviously, Janelle got that goal and celebrated quite hard. And they were really up and about. She was. She was. I mean, it was a bloody good shot. But um, obviously, disappointing for us. And that's a thing. You can't get too um, wound up on that sort of thing. Obviously, you know, they were playing well and they'd hit the front. But at the end of the day, there was still another half a net ball. So I think we went into the change rooms at the start a little bit flat, I must be honest. Um, but they did have that. Uh, little lead and um, I guess you know they were up and about but we really I guess focused as soon as we got in there and I mean what was I don't even to be honest I don't even remember the game I do need to watch it back Um, (laughs) but I think they were only a goal or two up at half time I mean it was really close still so it's not like they'd you know got a huge lead we're really still in it it was anyone's game really so we soon focused back in the change room and really pulled out the little things that we needed to do. And Simone, as always, you know, spoke from the heart and, um, you know, we're all, all ready to go when we got back out there for that second half. And um, it proved to, you know, be close right to the end. So um, it was exhausting. It was such an exhausting game because it was. No one really broke away with it. And you had to be in the moment for every second, for every centre pass. I've never... Um, ever been a part of a game like that where it's just goal for goal for so long um, so yeah well I think we're all pretty exhausted um, by the end yeah and and talk me through that particular kind of feeling as well having to be in at every moment and I guess particularly for you and playing against Janelle that the ball often does go over your head I mean it's such great placement she's such a great athlete um, but that last rebound that you got great position on, tipped to Joe, what are your best mate in the circle? How yeah, I'm just how does how do you get that mindset happening where when you are being beaten, not not that you're beaten during the game, but when that ball keeps going over your head, let me rephrase, um, <laughs> to then in that final crucial moment still be fighting and in the right position to go? Because do you remember that moment? Because it was huge in the game. Um, I didn't actually claimed it as my own rebound um, <laughs> in, later that night. I thought I actually grabbed the ball um, and Joe was very quick to tell me that she got the ball. Right. Okay. It, was um, a, it was a team effort. But I, we did. I said it's a shared effort. Um, but, yeah, I do remember that. And that's the thing. And in games like that and especially playing against, you know, Janelle, you just have to be in the moment and stay positive because mm. it's just that one that dropped short or one that, you know, um, 
ends up, you know, a rebound opportunity and you just have to be in it because if you switch off and you think, oh, just going to go over my head again or nah, she's, you know, she's obviously going to get it. That's the ones that you need to be ready and take that opportunity. And we're lucky that we were able to get that opportunity then. Um, obviously, after MJ's huge intercept um, was that? that she got, that was, oh, gosh, of course she has to get that. I mean, she got more intercepts than me for the game, I think, with her one there. But, um. Yeah, I think they, yeah, it was two probably obviously pivotal moments that we were able to capitalise and, um, and yeah, sort of went our way in those last couple of minutes. Well, when you weigh in, but obviously there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. And, and I want to talk to you about that last minute of the game uh, because when I've spoken to Lizzie and Kate and kind of saying, you know, we drill that a lot in training, being able to keep possession of the ball if that's something that... Um, we need to do but they kind of felt like no that wasn't really their intention it was just that the FIFA were defending well and that's what they had to do Um, talk me through that last minute because you're a little bit removed from that although you were involved they did pass back to you a couple of times Um, talk us through that particular minute of the game where we were uh, trying to to get that extra goal advantage I think I was celebrating too soon. Um, I think I started celebrating with the last minute to go. Me and Ali Smith sort of had a look at each other and I started doing a bit of a jump up and down. And I thought, Emily, compose yourself. They can still get the ball, get it down and score a two-pointer. So I quickly um, stopped that and told Ali to settle down a bit. But um, no, I mean, to me, it looked like that we were utilising the clock. Like, honestly, I thought that that's what we were doing. Um, Obviously, Beaver's defence was very good, but... The fact that it went back to me, which no one ever passes it back to me, I thought, yep, nah, this must be something we've practised before. And we do it, as you know, um, Chaz, we do it a lot of training, different scenarios, yeah. different times, you know, all those sort of situations. And to be honest, in the past, we've never actually really capitalised on it and been able to do it effectively. But, you know, whatever the attackers were doing, I mean, for me, I think, you know, if they were playing it around, they might have different views on it but um, we managed to be able to do that well and still keep possession of the ball which you know you can still cough it up in those moments Mm. Um, so the fact that we actually were able to get it and MJ shot even though her foot was outside the circle um, and it was a no goal in the end um, yeah we we did it well. You did and it was amazing because even after that um, goal was shot after you've played it around you're up by two but of course with the super shot you know, depending on what happened with that next centre pass, it could have gone either way. So it was an incredible finish to the game. Um, and I certainly wasn't feeling comfortable. Actually, I probably wasn't even feeling comfortable afterwards. I think I burst into tears. So <laughs> that's a whole other story, though. Um, talk some of the stories across the season. Kate Eddy, for me, is an amazing one. We know um, probably most of the people listening to the podcast will know Kate Eddy was with the Swiss last year and unfortunately missed their premiership on court at least um, through an injury and it looked dangerously close to happening to her again this year which I think everyone would have been devastated about but she did a huge amount of work didn't she to get herself back and and able to take the court and play nearly the full game I couldn't believe how well she played after literally coming out of the moon boot almost straight before the game and then straight back into it. (laughs) It was pretty impressive, really. And, you know, that was such a hard position for her to be in. I mean, you know, put aside last year not being able to be involved, but all that she'd been through this year and obviously being up here 
um, you know, we've all sacrificed so much and to, to have that, you know, so close, yet so far, it seemed like for her. Um, and she was willing to do anything really to get back. And she was wearing a moon boot. She was doing, you know, really everything she could. She was training, she was doing swimming, you know, all off legs conditioning to make sure that if she was able to play, she'd be in a really good position. Um, and credit to our support staff getting her back. I don't know how she got back. Um, I mean, she's pretty sore now. And of course she would be after, um, you know, a, a terrific performance by her personally, but, um, you know, it was really great to have her back in the team. I thought Ali Smith did a fantastic job um, in our final against Sunny Coast and having that flexibility there probably reassured um, Teddy as well that, you know, it was okay, but the manage, you know, to manage to get it out there and actually play um, and do, you know, such a good job, um, really credit to her. And, you know, she would have been in a lot of pain um, that whole game, but pushed on and, um, yeah, and I think worthwhile her now yeah and definitely one of the moments of the grand final for me that intercept that she took so cleanly and so beautifully off the end of the uh, center pass it was really good to watch um another one of the stories of course caitlin thwaites and tegan phillip we all know that they had announced their retirement a couple of weeks before that grand final um what a way for them to go out uh, they have just been such amazing athletes and um, I can't, I almost can't quite imagine what it will be like without them because they are such a big part of the club. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, they're sort of like the oldies now, the, the, the last ones that are standing from that. I'm not going to say past generation because it's not that long, but it sort of is feel like an end of an era in terms of, you know, um, you playing with them as well, Shaz. And um, now they're sort of, you know, moving on to other things in life. Um, But they've added so much to this group and obviously having both had such great careers and different pathways, but, um, you know, contributing so much to the sport. And I know I'm definitely going to miss them, um, but what a way to go out, really. I mean, it was pretty much a fairy tale finish um, for the both of them, and you can't really script that, uh, that sort of ending. So, you know, after such a, one would say horrible year, but really, like, it's, it's been a really great year. Um, obviously, both having you know, things back at home going on, which have been hard for them both. But, um, you know, to be able to get out there and finish the way they did, um, they should be so proud of themselves. And, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of what they're able to achieve as well. Yeah, they should be really proud. It was just so special to watch them achieve that. Um, and you were elevated to the vice-captaincy role this year. I was uh, really excited when um, that happened. And I'm, I'm lucky to be privy to some of the conversations that the players have around who they feel the leaders are within the group and and um, hearing the players speak about you and your leadership was really, I, I loved hearing it. And I think that you've taken on that role and with Kate and Liz as the co-captains, that little unit, I, don't, I, I feel like that had a really big impact too. How, how, what was your experience like in that official leadership role this year? Yeah, I think um, I was quite shocked when I found out. Obviously, someone called me and um, let me know, and that feels like a lifetime ago that that Zoom call <laughs> happened. Um, <laughs> back in isolation, it's a, it seems like a lifetime ago. But um, for me, it was something really humbling. And, you know, there's no better way than to sort of be voted in by your teammates. Um, in a way, you feel... Um, 
I felt really good about that, I guess, there's no other way to put it. Um, and for me, it was just about being authentic and being myself and being there for people. Obviously, in this environment, we didn't have our usual support in terms of family and friends and loved ones. So, you know, for me, that was trying to, you know, trying to be there for people when they needed and not, you know, bombard people when you know they wanted their own time and, and that sort of thing. But I really wanted to be there for everyone. And um, I felt like I was sort of just able to slip in to the leadership group and um, you know I didn't want to change anything or, or change how anything was run but more just add um, my own self into the role and and hopefully people um, yeah thought I did a good job I haven't really asked anyone to be honest um, I mean we we won the premiership so I mean maybe that is um, the secret ingredient it was that probably chance. because of that it probably was <laughs> you know what if I had to put it down to one thing that would be it I reckon um, <laughs> no one else just said um, but no I think yeah what a better way um, to come into it and exposure for me and that as well was something new for me to be in a leadership position and um I learned a lot and obviously wanted to be wanted to be there for Kate and Liz and act as that support role and um yeah learn learn the ins and out of it all which was was um a really good experience yeah no doubt no doubt now Emma, I will let you go because you've jumped out of the Aussie Diamonds camp that you're up in in Noosa um what's what's that been like you've been there the first day with the Diamonds um New roomy after being with Joe Weston for the last ninety however many days. What was it in the end? Ninety-five. We all we keep seeing each other and saying, We're having a break, we're having a break. Like, <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> um, we're probably just drawn to each other now. Like we're probably not gonna be able to help that we'll just sort of yeah, gravitate towards each other. We've spent so much time um with each other. But I've got a new roomie I'm sharing with um Verity, so um that'll be interesting. I haven't um had a lot to do with her, but I'm really keen to get to know her and um, you know, her life and what she's about. So that would be good. But yeah, first day today, um it was more about meeting Stacy, um, new coach and and what she's about and, and who she is as a person and, and what we want to do as um, you know, a new squad and, you know, the next next four year cycle and what, what it's gonna be about and um yeah, getting to know everyone really. So it's been a busy day, um, but yeah, had some time to jump away and chat to you, Shaz. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I can imagine it being yes. um, a little bit interesting for some people to to switch their minds into to this space, particularly perhaps for the Vixens and Fever girls and support staff who have been there right to the end. But um, no doubt that you'll be loving that. Do you then come straight home, Em? Are you done then? Or are you staying up in Queensland for a bit? What's the plan? Yeah, so, um, gosh, the five, oh, four Vixens girls up here in the Diamonds camp, so myself, Lizzie, Kate and Joe, because we have not spent enough time together, and Kate, Eddie, um, we've got a, we've booked a house in Broad Beach for five nights. Oh, lucky, um, we should so, be able to catch up, that would be really Yeah, nice I know, we'll, we will. We will have so much to talk about. <laughs> and I mean, this is what happened at the Sheryl McMahon the other night. Um, I say we, I feel weird saying the Sheryl McMahon. Just say Shazamak. The Shazamak. Yeah. The Shazamak. The Shazamak the other night, and we're all sitting next to each other. And there's basically silence because we've all spoken to each other. There's nothing left to say. I was like, I would love to be sitting next to a sponsor or someone right now (laughs) to talk about something other than what I've spoken about with these girls in the last however many years. Anyone else. I'd rather be sitting with anyone else. (laughs) 
I'm like, this is a waiter. The waiter, do you want to sit next to me? I'll have a chat to you about something other than, yeah, junk. Oh, <laughs> um, awesome. But no, so that will be nice and a, a relaxing end um, to this year, really. And um, yeah, just relax and spend some time by the pool and have a few um, cocktails or something. And um, yeah, then I head, head back home next weekend. So that'll be nice. Well, that sounds lovely, Em. And hopefully when you hit Melbourne town and Victoria, I know you're in the regional areas, so you've got a bit more freedom where we're coming out of these restrictions. So you've timed it really well, actually. Well done. Um, Thank you. Congratulations on more than just that, though, on your timing on coming back to Melbourne. Congratulations on everything you've achieved so far this year. Um, I couldn't be more proud of you and the group and what you've been able to do. Um, and I know that everyone watching back in Victoria and Melbourne have been feeling exactly the same way. Thanks heaps for joining me. Uh, and we'll see you and hopefully catch up when you get back to Melbourne. Yes, we will catch up, Shaz, and we will hold the trophy up together and all <laughs> the other support staff that weren't able to make it up. You're just as much part of it um, as everyone up here. So we'll have a drink when we get back and, and celebrate the year that was so See you soon. Okay, Bianca, well, there you have it. We're coming to the end of our final podcast for the year. It's been so much fun. Uh, Emily was great to chat to. I've got to say her voice is sounding absolutely horrific, which I don't think is the only person in that Vixens group that's feeling a little bit still scratchy. But um, there's a, a huge announcement that uh, is coming out this morning uh, from Suncorp Super Netball around some of the big questions we had around the rules for next year. So what's going on? Is the super shot in or is it out? Sherelle, the super shot is in. It is staying. I know that probably makes you a little bit angry. Uh, it is. And I'm not surprised one little bit that it's staying in because I know, I know it's not popular with the fans. I know that it's had... You know, it's been the most controversial thing that's come into the game. Um, but I just thought once it's in, I don't think there's any way they're going to take it out because it wasn't a disaster. And I think the way that you saw some teams really embrace it, the way that it, it did become a bit more intriguing in the last five minutes of each quarter to see what actually happened, whether teams could catch up. Um, yeah, I just don't think it's had enough negative impact on the game as a whole of super netball, not, you know, talking about international netball, but I don't think it's had enough negative impact to actually warrant them to actually remove it. Um, but I'd be interested to know what you think about that, Sherelle. Oh, look, to be honest, Bea, I was, as you know, quite against the sh super shot coming in. I've probably, I'm not as cold on it as I was because I agree with you. I don't think it has been as big a disaster as some of us were worried about. Um, I, I still don't, like it though I still don't like what it does to the movement in the circle I still don't like what it does with um how that that changes things from that point it gets a little bit messy for me and when teams are trying to deliberately do that I just think it disrupts uh what can be a really exciting part of the game um in the last couple of minutes but that's just me I don't I don't think the super shot added anything to that grand final I think that uh, that would have been just as exciting regardless. Um, so that's where I'm... Sitting. really use the super shot that much anyway, do they? Like, Well, no, them. although, I mean, you know, we saw Caitlin Thwaites nail that two-point shot, which certainly gave the Vixens the edge and then forced Fever into trying to make that. 
Um, so, you know, look, I, I certainly, I don't mind that it's creating um, some different things for people to talk about, some different things for people to um, try and manage from a team perspective in terms of the tactic. Um, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know that you kind of brushed aside what it means from an international perspective. I've got some big concerns about that still. And I know that I've spoken about that quite a lot too. Um, I know that Suncorp Super Netball and the Commission have really got their eyes on the commercial side of things. I feel like they've taken their eyes off the fact that this is a development um, pathway opportunity for players and coaches and umpires as well. Um, so I, I still have some concerns about the impact that that's going to have for Australian netball on an international stage. But again, we haven't seen that play out because um, we've not got much international, any international netball happening at the moment for the Diamonds. Um, I'd be happy to see if, um, because we know Super Netball, okay, they've got their independent commission now, they're making standalone choices. But Netball Australia still have to have some say yes. in what is going on in Super Netball. And so if internationally, when it does come to it and you're trying to find goal shooters that can play the way the Australian way play at international level, that is going to be very hard to find um, because no one is getting that breeding ground of being able to play that way uh, in the super netball. And if you look at the stats, so the 20 most, the, the most super shots that took place this season, Joe Harton at 78, she absolutely dominates the super shots and she didn't even play finals. So no. <laughs> she had less games than most. Then we've got Gabby Sinclair at 57 from Magpies, Steph Wood, Tipper Dwan and Sam Wallace. Do they become the most valuable players now in the super netball in the shooting end or not? Like, how is that going to, when you're recruiting, you're with the Vixens. I don't know if you have much to do with the recruiting part, Sherelle, but this has come in a bit, you know, knowing it's confirmed. I think everyone assumed it would be, but surely that has a big impact in how players are recruited next year. Yeah, definitely. And most of the teams have already put their list together. So we're only getting this information basically after the con not after the contracting period but a lot of the teams have already put their list together so the timing again is a weird one for me but um obviously they they wanted to get through the grand final before they announced that but you're right i mean you certainly i mean you look at so many things when you are deciding whether or not you want to recruit a player um you know, their, their off-court uh, demeanour, personality, whether they fit with your culture is, is just as important sometimes as to what they do on the court. Um, and obviously, this is just another one to add to it. What value they add with that two-point shot, you certainly have to consider it. There's no point uh, completely ignoring that when it is going to be a big part of the game. The interesting thing, and no disrespect to any of those players, but the glaring... Uh, um, thing that comes out of that for me is that none of them were in the grand final. So none of <laughs> none of those players took their team, although they used the super short point shot the best, none of them took their team to the grand final. So, you know, arguably that's because you've got one team in Fowler who, you know, that's your main scoring option. And the Vixens had all three players who were taking the load of the two point shot. So maybe it made it difficult for one to stand up more than the other, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, look, it's, it's an interesting one, but there you go, fans. Uh, the super shot is in for season 2021 rolling subs stay, which I think for me, I know some people didn't like necessarily knowing, not knowing when those subs were coming on, but I'm a big fan of the rolling subs and extra time 
that was put on hold this year because of the uh, way the season was playing out. But extra time will be in next year too. So no draws. Uh, so if we were to, to see what happened with a couple of the games this year, we would go into that extra time. And even that's an interesting one with the Super Shot because you need to get up by three goals to win in that double extra time if that happens. Um, so it's uh, even that has uh, will be you know that's something we've never seen before. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if it does. Yeah, and then also we don't know yet whether the it's been confirmed if it's teams of ten or teams of twelve. That was a huge um, difference this year, having twelve players and being and utilizing the rolling subs in that way. Um, well, I, I know it comes down to money. I know it comes down to being able to contract those extra players. So. Uh, I assume that they're going to announce that at some stage soon once they've had a chance to go through it all, but they haven't been definite yet whether that will be teams of 10 or teams of 12 next year. Um, Sherelle, one thing I think we have to talk about, and that is the retirement of Laura Langman, one of the one of the greatest players we have ever seen play the game in not just how good she was as an athlete, but just the way she played it. Uh, and just how we've embraced her here in Australia when she should be the one that we're always, you know, just because she plays for New Zealand and she's cost us so many times because she's so good, yet she's come over to Australia and she's become one of us in a way. Um, and I could just tell at the end when Lightning lost a fever in that prelim, I could just tell that she was going to retire and, I didn't, and she was just holding it all in. She was so emotional and she came over to me at one stage to be interviewed and I said are you going to announce anything off camera and she said no 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 I'm just going to chat to the fans and I was like okay so I'm just you know interviewing her but I just and it, in true form to her she goes out in her way a, just a post on Instagram over and out see you later I'm done and like no fuss and she should get the most amount of fuss being such an iconic player that she has been but I think that's a huge loss to Super Netball and to international netball not having Laura Langman running around again. That's a massive loss for netball um, and you're right it's, even when she wrote that post is there, everyone was like is that is that it? Was, is that an event? Like we weren't even sure whether that was an official or we thought it might have been but I um, mean it's just and that's one thing that I've loved about her there's just you know, she's still got that such strong Kiwi accent and, you know, she's just, I just love the way she speaks. She's so natural. She's so honest and open. Um, and, you know, if ever you wanted to look up to someone in the way they conduct themselves, she's the one because she's just such a fierce competitor, but she does it in just such a respectful way. And, she will be missed without any question. Um, and we, we certainly, we've actually tried on numerous occasions to line up having a chat to Laura Langman and it hasn't quite lined up. And maybe we need to, maybe when she's retired, she'll have a bit more time, B. Maybe next year we can get her on to, to have a chat through things because she, um, she's been a legend. And, you know, I remember actually one contest um, that I had obviously it was in the latter part of my career and in the kind of early-ish stages of her career and I tried to kind of come around and get the ball defensively off her and oh, I just like kind of grabbed her and fell over and I was so and she looked down at me as if to say what are you doing <laughs> and I was like I was so far away from that contest and that was you know it wasn't the moment but it was one of the moments where I thought hmm, maybe I'm just uh, starting to come off my best here. 
<laughs> Don't worry, I couldn't think of many of those that I had too. Where I'm like, okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that I'm not the only person who has felt that feeling when they've had a contest with <laughs> Laura Langman because she, she's a fierce competitor, that's for sure. She sure is. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a new look Super Netball next year. We're going to be missing some well-known faces that we're so used to seeing running around. But it has been a season where we've unearthed so much more talent too that we never knew that was sitting there and have rolling subs have brought them on the court and we can't wait to see some of those new names that come through and stand up and become some of the best players that we get to see. That's so true, B. And, you know, a huge thank you again. And I know we've spoken to different people across this season. Um, Chris Simmington and his team for being able to get this season away and off the ground. Marnie Fechner, of course, from Netball Australia. They, I mean, and every single person uh, involved with the teams and the clubs and what happened up in Queensland was amazing to you and the Channel 9 crew, the broadcast side of things. There are just so many people who made huge sacrifices to get this season off the ground. And I think the grand final we got was fitting of something like that. It was exciting. It came down to the wire. Um, and now I'm just going to go and breathe for a bit, B. Stop analysing the game. Also, well, I think for all our Super Netball fans out there, just keep in mind that, you know, the netball season is meant to kick off in, I think, what, April next season. Um, and I don't believe that the world is going to be back to normal and that it's all going to be back to normal. Like, there is discussions in place around what's actually going to happen. So I think hopefully we get some bit of normality back into Super Netball, but I wouldn't be surprised if it looks not like it has this year, but there'll be some elements where there'll be multiple games played at different times. Um, because I think that, I think WA borders aren't opening up until probably April or May if we listen to what's being reported right now. So still could look a little bit different, but at least we know it can happen. And the girls have been absolutely fabulous in sacrificing everything just to come up here and give us the entertainment that we've got all year. That is true. If there is one thing that is certain about this period of time is that it is uncertain. And so we will watch with really great interest as to what happens next year, B. Uh, enjoy. You've got a little bit of extra time up in Queensland. You're going to the AFL Grand Final. Enjoy that. It has been heaps of fun chatting netball with you every week. And uh, I don't know. We might do it next year. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to us and listening to us bang on every week. Um, <laughs> the you know messages that we get on social media i even had a lady come up to me in queen street mall in brisbane yesterday going oh i'm just listening to your podcast as i've seen you <laughs> so it's great we love that we can give you a little bit of an insight into the netball world and 100 percent sherelle will be back next year and we'll be doing it again yeah sounds good b uh yeah that's a full stop on season 2020 for suncorp super netball we'll be into it again next year